Happy V-Day, baby. We've been through so much together after all these years. Good times, not so good times. Exciting times, boring times. I'd say right now, it's a little bit of a boring time, but I never seem to get bored of you. We're setting ourselves up for a beautiful life together with cabins, orgies, family, cabin orgies, and most of all, a lot of love and mutual respect. All right, it's Valentine's Day week, and I promised you a Valentine's Day episode, so that's what you're going to get. But this isn't going to be about chocolate and flowers. It's not going to be... It's not going to be your traditional Valentine's Day fluffy lifetime movie demonstration of love. That is not what this episode is, and and that is not really what Valentine's Day is. I mean, for me, Valentine's Day doesn't really mean that much. Like, why do we need a day to profess our love for our romantic partner? Why can't we just express love in whichever way we feel comfortable doing so for or towards anybody that we want all the time? That's the kind of life that I'm interested in. So what I did was I collected love letters from you over the past couple weeks. And thank you for everybody who has submitted. And these love letters are a little bit all over the place. There's a teenage love letter. There are breakup letters. There are uh, love poems. There is the last letter someone ever wrote to somebody. There's a touching, deep, vulnerable, scary love letter. And there's also a little bit of free love advice. So this episode is different than most, but not that different in the sense that it's about love and it's about intimacy and it's about and it's about the different ways in which we love and and love is not pretty all the time. Oftentimes it's quite a bit of work and it can be sad and it can be heartbreaking and it can be scary and it can also be super beautiful and connected. So today, this episode is for everyone. If you're single, if you're in a relationship, if you're heartbroken, if your heart is swelling, if you're a little bit numb, that's okay. This one's for you. My name is Sean Galanos. This is the Love Drive Special Valentine's Day Edition. I got an email from someone who submitted a love letter, and the email was called Teenage Love Letter from the 90s. And she sent me a collection of letters uh, from basically from a pen pal that she met in the pen pal section of Metal Edge magazine. Uh, And this takes place sometime in the 90s, three years before high schools got internet. Goddess. So, how are you faring this fine evening? It's about 11.30 p.m., give or take a few minutes, and I'm missing your sweet voice. It's moments like these, silent and dark, uneventful, that I used to wish I could find my special someone. Thank you for having given that someone 
a face and a name, Laura. Right now, I'm listening to Danzig's Heart of the Devil and missing you something fierce. I need you, Laura, in my life, my heart, and soon, hopefully, in my arms. You always put a smile on my face, a chill down my spine, a warmth around my heart and on my lips, and a naughty thought in my head. Just kidding. Or am I? I love you, Laura. I can't wait for your box to get here. I'm already making preparations for box number two. Of course, it'll contain trinkets of affection for you. I wish to give you all the moon and the stars wrapped in silk, glowing in your palm. But I hope a little something here and there will suffice. Hey, I love you. Signed, Jared. Who knew you could find such sweethearts in the back of a metal rock magazine from the 80s? Thanks for sharing, Laura. And I hope that you got the stars and the moon wrapped in silk glowing in your hand. This next segment was submitted to me by a woman named Willow. And it's a collection of poems that she received from a lover slash partner slash friend who all of a sudden, after a while, just disappeared without saying why. magical night (laughs) started with a dance and it ended with falling in love but we never got quite to that love we thought we were falling into and to be more clear he never got to that love he thought he was falling into I did it's three years later now And I look back on his letters and I'm, I'm still confused. I don't understand how anyone had the capacity to be mused by me and then simply say, I don't think I'll ever actually fall in love with you. My heart has shifted. I just don't, I don't give up so quickly. Anyway, so I'm going to read you a few of his poems. If you died, I'm not sure what I'd be losing. I know it might be like losing a limb, 
Disabled for a while, I'd go around and thinking of my own death and insignificance as a less-limbed man. I'd feel the limb's spectral movements. Mm, your voice would carry a tune to my offbeat steps. If technology ever found a replacement, I wonder if I'd even want it. It's expensive treatment for the loss of a limb. It costs a lifetime. I don't want you to die. Last poem I'm going to read you. Hits. Filled with a lot of I don't know what I am. Transformational goo or just a cocoon. I'd rather believe the wings had been there all along. Deep subconscious plantings but needed time and someone to spot them. It was her that turned me to mush wrapped me in this protective stuff and set to motion this plausible fly now stripped of choice she'll hold the cocoon until arms give mind accepts or i'll burst into full regalia to match colors fragmenting into each other in flight she the fairy queen and i the butterfly no one in my life has written such beautiful words. And, and it, it felt so true. It felt so true. It shook me to my core. So um, I think I have a lingering non-closure situation happening <laughs> where I've accepted that he doesn't want to be with me. But now he's starting to disappear as a friend. And that's been slowly happening throughout the closure of our romantic relationship. But he hasn't really responded to me in a year. And I'm not overdoing it. I, like, called him twice on occasions, like his birthday. Or I just was thinking of him one day. And I probably... Texted maybe three times in the year as well. Like when I knew he was in town or special occasions. And that's what really hurts me is like he just completely disappeared from being my friend. He was the one to choose to exit the relationship. Anyway, so... Three years later, after a three-month relationship, after five years of being friends and lovers, I am um, recently, this fall, this last fall, wrote this poem, which is far less eloquent than his. Um, but just as much of the heart. Trying not to think of him. When I think about how I want to feel again, the way his voice made my toes curl and the way his words made my heart fill. Yet I must not forget how quickly he packed me away in his box of forgotten dreams. No. Love's conviction can tear quickly at its seams. A tattered quilt which no longer brings warmth and comfort more like 
a window screen, a breeze, a cold, chilly reminder of one's own haunting dreams, a lost love's laugh still echoes in the chambers of this heart, and what was once sweet has become bitter and tart, a misfortune from which I strive to grow, yet my ability to do so is something I am yet to know. I am an active volcano, rather, building my island out in the sea. His memory becomes the lava which shapes me. With the expansion of these shores, I feel victory. Yet the urge to find torment peace never escapes me. The only convict is the patience who evades my ability to do, to simply do nothing and be. My billowing ash reaches the sky and travels over the sea and a comfort washes over it as I see other islands ash and know they too see me. Willow, thank you for sharing. It reminds me that we're never owed closure. Closure is really, really nice sometimes. It can really help us move on. But sometimes folks don't know why they ended a relationship. And so sometimes we don't get the closure we so desperately desire. And we just have to make do with not knowing why this ended the way it ended. This next segment is free love advice recorded in a subway station in Montreal at Berry Ucam station, which is loud and noisy and boisterous. And this is a lovely conversation about heartbreak. And I hope you like it. How can I help you? Okay, so, yeah, I was with somebody six years, and the guy left me to go fool around with younger guys. And we were living together four years, and this has been uh, 11 months now as hell. And ever so often, we text each other. My resolution for 2019 was not to see him or text him anymore, but it's hard, so I've been 
I'm up to like uh, six times in the last month and a half. And tomorrow night I'm having dinner at, at our place. But there's nothing sexual or anything. It's just like he just wants to be friends, you know? He I wants to be friends. Yeah. What, and do you, me, what do you want? Well, I still love him very much. And that's the, what's, what's the, um, the problem is. I mean, he, I know he respects me. And uh, yeah, so that's it. So uh, what, what kind of advice do you have for me? <laughs> I spilled my guts here. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> not an easy situation. It isn't. No, and I could see that, that, that I get the impression that you really miss him. I do. I do very much so because we were we had a home, you know. Yeah. And when we broke up on March sixth last last year, um, I told him I said you're not just breaking up uh, our apartment. I said you're breaking up uh, breaking up our home. You know I'm pretty heartbroken. And uh, you know nobody but myself can help me. This is what I'm realizing as I'm looking at you, because no one can help me. He's not going to come running back. Well, I think that's an important distinction. Is that he's made a choice, it sounds like, to not be with you. Yeah, and he's doing a good job. He's not... It's hard because, you know, I see him and um, I just remember and I don't want to be like that. But uh, it's hard uh, still. I'm devastated. Here's a question for you. Other than getting your ex back, what do you need? Well, I don't know about getting my ex back because I understand we're not finally... He, he's the guy for me. That's what I think. But I'm not the guy for him, you know? Uh, he loved everything he said. It, it was uh, just the sex he didn't appreciate with me because I wasn't needy of it 24-7. Uh, you know? Right. Some guys are like that, and I accept that. I'm not like that. Okay. Never been. But I was hugging him and showing him how much I love him all the time, you know? So what do you need right now to heal from this relationship? Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I need to think about myself, you know? And I need to do things for me to forget. And uh, just now I'm heading out to my friend Jocelyn to get drunk. To get for what? Fun. To, get, to drunk? get drunk, yeah. Nice, okay. Yeah, for fun. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I need? I'm I still, uh, that question still. What do I need? I need to take care of myself. And uh, I don't know. I have to change things, I guess. What does taking care of yourself mean? Well, pampering myself. I re I'm, I'm a bath guy. I love taking baths. So I bought all these little balls this week and everything. So I got that. Uh, I like eating a lot. So I, I went out and did a big grocery this week. And I paid a lot of stuff too. I'm pretty in advance with everything, so that's that's really I'm really proud of that. And uh, yeah, I just need to talk, I guess. Oh well, good. I can. I'm here for that. Yeah. Well, you can see. I had no idea I would talk so much. Well, I was actually just looking at that to see if you were talking loud enough. That's all. And was I? It's a little quiet, but it's okay. Oh. Adds to the uh, sorrow. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The you know that song by David Bowie? You gotta Sing it for me. With your long blonde hair and your eyes of blue, the only thing I ever asked from you was sorrow. Sorrow. 
Ooh, 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 ooh. You ever hear that? No, but I love it. Thank yeah? you. Well, yeah, well, you're gonna da- you gonna download it. I am it? gonna download you it. You better. It's one of my favorites from him. You know, breakups take time to settle. Yeah, for some you're right. Eh? And you're so right. sometimes you can't rush it. I don't know how I could ever rush it. <laughs> I can't. So, I think um, time is a healer, as you said, and my mom says, and my mom's, uh, my father died in January last year, and then my boyfriend left me in March, so it was a hard year. So, my mother's, um, I mean, she's like, my mother's somebody. (laughs) God bless her soul. She's still alive and kicking. God yeah. should still bless her soul anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about time. It does heal, but you also got to work on your shit. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And for you, it sounds like to me, uh, that's a lot of self-care, right? Yeah. Prioritizing yourself, being gentle with yourself about oh the fact God. that this is taking time. Oh, boy. I you never, know? I never saw that p- perspective, being gentle to myself. Yeah, yeah. You have to I'm be gentle. very rough with myself usually. I, I can see that. <laughs> it's all my fault, you know. It's not. Mm. It is kind of, but it, it it takes two to tango kind of thing. It's eh? not all your uh, fault. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's all my fault. I, but I mean, I took care of the, this relationship. I made supper and the beds and the cleanup of the house, and I did everything. And I have inve- I had invested a lot that I. It was it, like before meeting Dan, it was 18 years I was alone by choice. Of course, I wasn't a Virgin Mary for all these 18 years, mind you, but I never went out with anybody and lived with somebody. So when I met him, it was, yeah, love at first sight. Saves a lot of time, you know? It does, yeah. <laughs> and I wish you a partner that maybe shows up for you a little bit more equally in this next relationship that will eventually well, come. I don't know if there's going to be a next relationship. I'm not no. looking for anything. I mean, you don't have to someone, be looking I mean, for someone it. look good looking like yourself came up to me and said, smiling like you are now, I would say no, but in my heart it would be yes. No, no. But anyways, I'm kidding there, but look, you're the, very the, handsome, but it, that's not the, the issue. No the issue is about saying that somebody might come along, but I'm not waiting for anybody. J'attends personne, vraiment, no one's asking you to wait, but you know, no, no, uh, you're, you're and still... it wouldn't even be, be fun. I'd have to start all over again, you know? There's something really fun about starting all over again. Thank you. That little hair hair has been bothering me. (laughs) There's a little hair on this microphone. uh, Fans. I got it. it. (laughs) So, and the other part of the other part of uh, taking care of yourself and and letting time do the work is that you got to work on it a little bit. It sounds like there's still a lot of sadness that needs to go through. (gasps) Is there ever? I mean, it comes in waves. I don't know how to explain it. Other than that, I just like um, in six years and. Uh, we we went we're pretty active guys, so we went all over Montreal, and I have s- memories, you know, like the song says from Barbara Streisand. I'm not gonna do Barbara Streisand this time on do you. It, do it. <laughs> Just oh, one verse. Prisoner captured by your eyes. No, but anyways, <laughs> I'll spare you. <laughs> okay, no, but we've seen a lot of Montreal together, so I end up, you know, going places that I remember having great memories with. Dan, 
but uh, I'm a native Montreal, or I can't ex escape Montreal. You know, you're you're gonna make new memories. Uh, yeah. What are you walking away with uh, from this conversation? Well, uh, honestly, I had some time to spare before I go to the supper, and I was looking at you talk to that other person. And I thought maybe that that'd be good for me. Uh, just to talk to a stranger is so good looking like yourself. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to talk to more good looking strangers? Perhaps. I'm not afraid to talk to people, but you know, you don't really want to tell them your life story unless they have a little sign saying free love advice. <laughs> so I didn't even get your name. Oh, it's Sean. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, it would be. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your courage. What what is this? There's no courage. Yeah, you really. sat you down don't and even, you told them. You don't uh, even know me. Yeah, but you told a perfect stranger your your heartbreak story. Yeah, well, it's not heartbreak. Why don't you take the compliment? I didn't do Celine Dion yet. Okay. <laughs> That's heartbreak. Do Celine Dion, <laughs> and we're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> no. Well, thank you for listening to me, especially. Yeah. Do you study uh, with uh, like um, people's? Uh, what what what, it, what do you, is this a study? This is a podcast. A podcast. That's okay, right. So, I'm also a coach. Okay. Yeah. A coach for people who have love... Uh, yeah, love coach. A love coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh. Love advisor, love coach. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's really fun. Yeah. Thank fun. you. Yeah. Okay. With your long blonde hair and your eyes are blue The only thing I ever got from you Sorrow Sorrow You acted funny Trying to spend my money You're out there playing Your high class games Of sorrow Sorrow You never do What you know you ought to that's right. For some of you who don't know, I am a love coach. I'm also a love advisor. And those are two different things. Coaching is a lot more, this is where you're at. This is where you want to be. How are we going to figure out how to get there? Right? What are the steps needed for you to make a change in your life? And coaching is very much based in the client knowing what the answers are and the coach providing the framework and sort of guiding the conversation towards actionable items. So that's coaching. Love advice is just like, hey man, I really need to know what to do about this situation. What do you think? How can you help? So those are the distinctions. And I am more than halfway through a certificate program at Concordia University in personal and professional coaching. And it's something that I haven't really talked about, but it's something that I'm doing because I want to help and I want to have the tools and the framework to really be as effective as possible. And it's sort of like when I started doing erotic massage, I didn't have any formal massage training. I was very intuitive, but I still went and got training at the Esalen Institute so that I could better be of service and also not hurt anybody. So all that to say that I am available. If you need some help, I invite you to contact me. 
either send me an email at sean at thelovedrive.com. That's S-H-A-U-N. Or go to thelovedrive.com forward slash coaching. If you need some help, I am available. I would love to help. This next segment is a submission from Alexis. It is the last letter of a relationship. It's weird to think this might be the last letter I ever write you. I guess I just want you to know that I don't hate you. I could never hate you. And maybe this isn't right in a last letter, but I still believe you and I could work. I think if we set our minds to it, we could enjoy countless mornings of locks and bagels, more sacred sacrosanct moments in parks and museums. I'd come with you to many family get-togethers, and maybe one day you'd convince me to adopt a baby girl. I could go back to school and rub your shoulders after a long day's work, and we'd collect art and run out of room to hang it up. In many ways, this dream is all I've ever wanted. But I understand why we've decided it's too far gone to ever get back to that dream again. I'm sorry I hurt you, and I think that's the crux. We both have hurt so many times it's near impossible to trust one another enough to make that old dream work. So we've decided. We'll try with others with hopefully more sweet Laura and Alex types than messy Sandy and Andy types, with other human beings to pour ourselves, our souls, and bodies into. But you, my dear, dear friend, taught me how to love, how to cry, how to console, how to navigate this big, beautiful, terrible universe together or apart, sharing a container of Froyo in the light from the swimming pool, waking the raccoon family. God, I'm getting poetic and I'm sorry, but I'm crying now and I'm so grateful to you for everything. You're such a lovely human, such a soul that truly understands the value of connection, of friendship, of intimacy, and of love. I'm sorry for all the times I took that for granted. I wonder in the coming years how many books, songs, art exhibitions we'll both see and how many times I'll want to text you about them. How many times I will, and how many times I'll elect not to. I don't believe this is the last letter, but it might be, and I'm okay with that. I'm sorry I don't know how to be your friend without desiring more, and I don't know if that lesson is for you to teach me. Thank you, I love you, I'm sorry, and I love you again. Your high school sweetheart, and off and on dating for 20 years just feels pretty civilian lover, Alexis. Thank you, Alexis. My favorite part of that is where you thank Edward for showing you how to love. 
And I feel that every relationship that I've ever had has taught me how to love in different ways, in deeper ways, in more complex ways. But I have learned from every single one of my partners. This final submission is a letter that was sent to Ivy from her new partner. And this is the kind of letter that I would like to receive at some point in my life. It's beautiful. It's scary. It's really intimate. And I'm grateful to you, Ivy, for sharing this with me and with the listeners of The Love Drive. I love you. I'm nervous. I'm afraid. Our relationship is raw. It's deep. It reaches my core. It touches my being. You connect with me on every level, including what I'm just learning about, my cellular level. And you bear me so deeply that I pause. I'm afraid of how mortally you could wound me. But when my heart calms and my breathing cools, I realize that our vulnerability is a blessing. I genuinely believe that I couldn't love you more deeply than I could be hurt. And if that means that I need to expose myself to the deepest sorrow as a possibility in order to enjoy the greatest and the best love we can co-create, I'm all in. Sign me up. Where do I pay? I'm not a gangster, which is why I'm glad this is not chance. Our supportive union is not a game of luck, but rather a mutually respectful commitment to honoring each other. And for that, I'm pot committed. I love you because of the boundless ecstasy and joy you've shown me and shared with me. But I also love you because you've asked for and accept all of me, everything, all my goods, bads, positives, and faults, so that with a nod, you can expose my vulnerabilities. It is this bareness, this rawness, this exposure, and this openness that scares me. I give you all of this, this power, this command, this control, because I believe in you, in us. I want to present my core to you so I can be the best life partner I can be. So intertwined, I believe we can be one. I love you more today than I did yesterday, but not more than I will tomorrow. XO, boo. Well, all right, my little lovebirds, that was the Love Drive Valentine's Day special. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode and all episodes are produced by me, Sean Galanos, with the help of Guilford Street Studios. If you want show notes about this episode or past episodes, or if you want to learn more about me, 
uh, my coaching services. Or if you want to get some free love advice, go to thelovedrive.com or find me on Instagram at thelovedrive. That cover of David Bowie's Sorrow is played by Paul Mars Black. He is a singer, songwriter out of California. You can find out more about him and his show dates at paulmarsblack.com. Thank you, lovebirds, for everything, for listening, for subscribing, uh, for all of your messages that I get on either via email or on Instagram. It means the world to me. It really does. So thanks. If there's anything I can do for you, I want to help. Reach out. Don't be shy.